stretch out Yeah, your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the Hey all, and uh, welcome to uh, what I'd say the the January slash February edition of uh, Shoe Geeks for the Inside Running podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, and I am a director at the Sports and Arthritis Clinic in Adelaide and competitive over thirty fives runner. Hmm. <laughs> and I'm semi, joined with my semi competitive, uh, joined by my co-hosts over in uh, first of all Anglesey, Julian Spence, the owner of the running company Ballarat, and back collecting the most volume out of all of us at the moment. How are you going, mate? It's funny how things change so quickly, isn't it? Mm, All yeah. of a sudden, I'm wearing the shoes out and you blokes are collecting them in the cupboard. Well, not you. Tommy is. <laughs> well, to be honest, Tom, you probably have had this conversation a lot. Tom, podiatrist in Sydney at Walker Street Podiatry. Everyone knows you're not running at the moment and you probably have told the story like 50 times already, but a lot of the listeners wouldn't know why you're running. Can you give us a bit of an outline of what's happened and when it happened and what the outcome is and what you're planning to do? Sure, sure. Yeah, and I've had that that conversation many times every day in the last five or six weeks um, in the clinic. So I'm, I'm I'm turning up to clinic in a boot every day and explaining myself every day. So yeah, it's um I had a I had a little run in with a car basically. So um, I think everyone assumes it's a it's a running injury. I, I was running at the time, but um it was the car that that uh, clipped my forefoot. Uh, it's my my own fault. Um, yeah, just running along uh, Pacific Highway in Sydney, look, try, trying to cross the road, and um, uh, yeah, stepped onto the road, and, and the car got me. So, got a fourth metatarsal uh, fracture and a little fracture on the side of the big toe. Um, so yeah, so just uh, it's going to be about I'd say eight weeks um, in the boot. Yep, and I that's think brutal. I've got about three weeks to go. Yep. How, how much pain yeah. were you in? Yeah, I was in no pain for about half an hour, really, like hardly anything. So I actually, when it happened, I told the guy, like, yeah, no, I'm all good. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm fine. And I was walking. And actually, the first, for the first few minutes, I was thinking, I'll just walk this off and then I'll start jogging again. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like, I kept walking. It wasn't getting better. And then it got to a point where, like, 10 minutes later, I couldn't really walk anymore. And then half an hour later, I knew I'd done something bad. Um, so yeah, called, called Lana up. She came and picked me up, and we headed over to hospital and X-rays, and yeah, found out a couple couple little breaks in there. Sucks, Tom. Yeah. Um, you know, no no shame hiding it. I'm one of your biggest fans, and it sucks because I know the shape you're in as well. So um, I hope it's a quick recovery, and I'm sure uh, I can. You'd be an easy person to live with still when you're not running. I reckon you can you can fill your time with other stuff, can't you? I know Julian wouldn't be he'd be terrible when he's injured, but I reckon you'd fill your time pretty well with other stuff. Oh, um, yeah, th- yeah, exactly. That's what you got to do. You got to occupy mm. yourself with other other aspects. So yeah, which has been fine. I've been I hear you're working a lot. You know, doing the Sydney Swans podiatry job, mixing in your own work and <laughs> lots of other case studies. I get little messages throughout the other day. So it's the busiest you've ever been, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing lots of uh, lots of interesting cases. So I'm pestering you a little bit more for for a little That's bit good. of um, coll- collaboration. It's good. <laughs> That's good. So you can't really tell us much about your riding. So what are you doing? Like obviously wearing a moon boot. Um, uh, yeah. So I've got I've got my footwear here. 
So, oh, yeah. It looks like one of the, it looks like a um a Marty McFly, one of those air hey, uh, the uh, Nike boots. Did you put a heel raise in it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've got heel raise in there. So I've got I've got my, my orthotic in there. And uh, I've got a, a seven mil heel raise in there, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. so now I've got the got the rocket design, so that's uh, offloading my four foot well. Yep. Um yeah. So and you put the actually, just, to, just to shift the pressure behind the, is, the forefoot. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I've got this the Hocker um, Carbon X version one. I've brought it back out. It's back. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, lived, uh, I never tried it's it. Going well. um, it was a bit of a. It wasn't really one of those high performing carbon shoes, was it? It was more of a daily trainer almost, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I yeah. used it for at the time. Just like a bit of a mileage daily trainer. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it worked. It was, it was it very harsh. Well as... That shoe so <laughs> yeah. harsh on the foot. Yeah, it wasn't soft. It was, but it was stable, which is actually why it's working well for me now. Because it's, um, I don't need a, I don't want a soft shoe. I actually wore the, um, the Invincible on the other foot, and um, for <laughs> for a couple of days, and it was terrible. It was like it was like a rigid, solid boot, and then this like marshmallow soft high stacker mm. on the other side, and it was like it was a, a huge mismatch. So good, good yeah, test for the brain from, though, uh, changing each step. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're in a yeah, moon boot, so yeah, that's they, is, do people get injured because they're walking around with this gimpy leg, like changing their gait? Do, is there often injuries associated very with Very common. Boot? Yeah, it's very, very common. So um, the, the big one is like hips and lower back. Um, so a lot of people will get um, hip pain on the, on, the other, well, on the side of or the other side. Um, so, yeah, I've pretty much got um, – I've got like a 10 mil, yeah, 10 mil heel raise and an orthotic on the other side to try and match up. Mm. So do you feel, best do you, you can, feel it, you've got to match up. Do you feel it all the way to the forefoot as well? So you get like some substance under there when you're towing off and turn, because the height difference is obviously you don't just want to wear yeah. a high heel, do you? Do you, do you get a bit more it's like height in the forefoot as well or you can't really do that in the shoe? Yeah, I can't really fit it in. So I just mm. try to find like a stable high stacker. So this is kind mm. of like one of the higher stack mm. that, that is a bit stable that has a plate and then i'll get the the lift just at the heel so it's close enough like it, it doesn't, what would you yeah, give him what would you give him but... julian what shoe would you give him to wear with it mm. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go for a, an asics glide ride i reckon firm rocket pretty high stack second iteration uh, then it needs to be the second iteration to be firm what the glide ride yeah the third iteration the the third First one's one not pretty the soft. Third one's, third one's not so, uh, not hard anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we can get to that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about a Stinson? Yeah. You put him in a Stinson. Yeah, Stinson's are good, but they're hard to come by right now. What about mm. a? I'd, I'd consider a Bondi with a um, with a heel raise in it. Because mm. it takes yeah. that. Well, we're talking about that walking gait. We'd put a lot more load through the the back of the shoe, and sometimes those Bondi's and and the soft shoes, they're a bit too squishy at the back and you feel like you sink down. And because mm. it's a rocket shoe, it's already a lower offset. So I've actually been wearing my Bondi's at work and loving a heel raise in them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, That's good. good. So, Julian, you're running over 100Ks a week and you're training for stuff at the moment. And uh, it's summer over there, trails. You're doing heaps of heels at the moment. What are you wearing? Yeah, I've, I've got a collection of shoes that I've basically just um, – I've back catalogued since um, since I was injured, so I'll get a shoe and just put it aside. So I'm rolling mm. through a few. I haven't actually. The only new shoe that I've grabbed lately 
is the Kiwana from Hoka. Mm. So um, it, it, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of delays on 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 shoe companies right now releasing models because of the, we've already talked about the reasons why. But um, this was one of the only new models that's that's arrived in store in the last, oh, I reckon, probably two or three months. Um, so it, <laughs> we're getting a bit antsy in the store all the staff. So when a new shoe comes in, we're all over it. Mm. Uh, but this actually suited what I was after anyway. Um, as I've started to run more, I've started to run a little faster. I've dropped a few kilos and I wanted something that wasn't as um, oh, like big and bulky and beefy like my uh, Clifton's that I was wearing, my more trails, my Invincibles, my endorphin shifts. I wanted something that's a little more agile, a little bit mm. snappier off the ground, something that I could run sort of lower four-minute K pace if I wanted to. Uh, and and just I guess feel a bit lighter on the ground and um, that's the Kiwana. So it's that's what's um, that's what is owning that place for me at the moment. Now we didn't. I can't even remember seeing this in person when I, we bought it for the store. It was during COVID and showings mm-hmm. were all over Zoom, so we never actually saw samples. We saw. I think Hocker in the past have struggled in their range by making too many shoes too similar mm. without really polarizing them enough and that's that lighter weight easy running shoe they've they've had in in the past they've had like the mac the Rincon, yeah um the clifton this is the kiwana but they've also had the uh the clayton and yep. so it, it's been like we've always just gone okay well we'll pick the clifton for the store, we'll dabble in some other stuff like the Mac yep. 4 we've dabbled in. Um, and the Kiwana to me was standing out as one of those shoes that maybe wasn't, didn't have its own identity. So, where are such. they placing it, Julian? Like, in terms of like the line of the Hokers, where are they placing it amongst the shoes and what sort of market they're trying to go for? Yeah. So, what they're going for is what they go for is what the marketing team wants them to go yep. for, which at the moment for Hocker seems like a shoe that you can wear out on a jog, but then go to the gym in, which I think is. <laughs> I've a, heard that. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's undercutting the shoe. It's, um, it's a bit disrespectful to the shoe, I think, because this to me is, mm. is more of, feels like more of a pure runner shoe than some of the other um, models in their range. And I think if you're talking about it as a gym shoe, then you're selling it a bit short because to me, it's um, like, if you came into our store, how, how we first described it, took it out of the box. The staff, I think it was Toby and Jimmy, grabbed it and they go, feels like uh, less shoe than a Bondi, but a little more shoe than a Clifton. So it's firmer than a Clifton, but it's lighter than a Bondi. And it's somewhere in that realm where mm. um, the Clifton, in the past, its biggest criticism has been that it turns mushy really quickly. So it compresses too fast, it gets too flexible, it gets too mm. sloppy underfoot. And the Kiwana helps to address this by being a firmer density shoe mm. and being a little bit stiffer. So for me, I was hoping it was more of a relevant or improved Clifton for what I like in a shoe. Um, but they're, they're actually both in my lineup right now with the Clifton being more of a double, a double run shoe. So replacing um, in the range for me like, the New Balance more or 
what else have I run in as double shoes? Like the Glide Ride from from Asics or the Invincible. It's or the New Balance 1080, yeah. the Asics Nimbus Light. It's more yeah. um, traditional. Whereas Kiwana sits in the shoe that I put on if I'm out there for 70 minutes and and I'll give myself a bit of a license to pick it up if I want. And that's just it. The Clifton sort of it, you know, it doesn't feel bad within the first zero to thirty minutes, but it does. I feel like it's almost like it's got enough midsole to not bottom out as such as well, but it's a bit lifeless at the end of the run. Um, the Kiwana is a hell of a lot firmer in terms of its density of foam when you first put it on. Um, I, you know, I'm sure Tom will chat about this. That if we call this this rear foot rocker through here, this sort of grinds his gears a little bit. He really loves to feel the heel. The rocker in the forefoot is just stiff because the midsole density is firmer, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely worth noting that it's probably a narrower shoe. I don't actually know the width that comes in, but um, it just feels like I, I don't think it comes in the double width like uh, the Clifton does. So it is a little bit narrower, I would say. Um, I just get my foot into it. Rel- I'm probably on the edge of being a D to 2E, and it sort of is uh, tightish but not ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely prefer this shoe at the faster paces. Like I feel like if I was hitting the rear part of the foot, it felt like um, a bit of a brick on the base of the foot, like it was quite a, a heavy shoe like bottom heavy, but when the pace lifted up and I was sort of striking that that sort of like midfoot, forefoot, I sort of really hit this lateral part of your forefoot a lot. It felt really responsive. So this shoe felt good at closer to four-minute K pace today than it did at five-minute K pace the day before. But the shoe feels the same from zero minutes to 60 minutes to 70 minutes from yesterday. Um, I haven't taken it any longer, but the Clifton doesn't feel the same after 30, 40 minutes. And it feels like it's um a bit right. yeah maybe a bit more lifeless I'd say and maybe that's the flexibility that increases as well you were mentioning Julian yeah I, how I would you guys Clifton... sorry I took the Clifton for a two hour run a couple of weeks ago and by the time yeah. I got back it felt like uh, I felt like I had a Nike free on my foot almost that's mm. what that's how flexible and sloppy it was and I yeah. got a sore Achilles like immediately after and I thought oh this shoe doesn't handle two hours for me. I need something stiffer yep. or firmer. Mm. And that's, yeah, Kiwana's been that, uh, that shoe so I think a, I think a higher body mass person goes into this shoe as well, no doubt, with a higher durometer foam for sure. Mm. What um, what would you compare it to, like another another brand models? What What's it most similar to? Um, is it like an infinity? Would would, is, is it like an infinity, like with, with, you know, the slightly firmer foam and... Uh, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't compress quite as much as an Infinity. Um, it's definitely not quite as soft, and it's definitely a bit stiffer in the forefoot as well. So, it's a more responsive Infinity um, with maybe a bit more weight to it. Um, so, I reckon the Infinity, similar to the Clifton, like as the run got a bit further, perhaps maybe the shoe became a bit sloppier as well. Um, this is a hell of a lot more stable. Like the surface area of the shoe is so so wide. Um, yeah, very much like a yeah. Clifton, but with being a higher density foam, they've even filled in the rear foot through here as well. So, um, and you can see down on the profile of the shoe, looking top to bottom, it does have a little bit of a flare as well, medium laterally at the heel. And I'm not sure if it's aesthetic or if it's like a functional design. You can see this, I think they call it a swallow tail, um, this <laughs> rear part of the foot. I think maybe going downhill probably means it increases your plantar flexion moment a touch more. It's a snappier shoe, Tom. It's definitely firm. It needs a nine mil heel pitch for you for sure because it's almost too firm yeah. with the rocker on it. Yeah, but it may feel different. Fifty k's now might be a different story. Yeah, I. So when you ask that question, Tom, I'm thinking, oh, under like the foam density feels something like a Brooks Ghost, but when I would, I wouldn't cons- compare it to a, a Brooks Ghost because it doesn't ride it at all like that. 
given that it's a, a lower offset shoe with more of a rocker, it's probably a little bit more rigid through the forefoot. Mm. To me, it still felt natural. Um, when I say natural underfoot, for me, natural is sort of midfoot strike. Mm. When I've run in the Brooks Adrenaline, um, which is very similar to a ghost, really, um, I land more through the rear foot. I can really tell that the, the, the heel to toe offset. Um, to me, this one feels closer towards something how a Nimbus Light would ride, but um, just a little bit more guts underfoot and a little bit more mm, less spongy, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I found the firm a similar, uh, the, the foam a similar like firmness to almost the um, the sky. If I hit the sky pretty hard, it'd be relatively soft. If I didn't hit it hard, it'd feel quite firm. So when the pace got higher, I'd hit the ground harder. I felt like it could compress it a bit more. So. Out of the lineup I have, I mean, obviously it's a lot less pitched. So um, if you're hitting the rear foot of this shoe, I think perhaps maybe the transition feels a little bit dead. But if you're in more in the midfoot, forefoot, the transition's quite quick and quite sharp. So I prefer it more than a Clifton. Um, 80% of my running at the moment is on the trails. Um, and it's just a little bit more versatile on a, on a surface that sort of keeps changing in terms of terrain and, and being softer. So it's a bit more nimble. Um, whereas a Clifton sort of doesn't quite give you as much feedback. So you might prefer it more on the bitumen. Tom, what do you got against yeah. the what do you got against the heel of this shoe, the rear foot? <laughs> um, to me, it feels like there's part part of the shoe is missing. Um, so if anyone's watching this, I've got my I've got this out to highlight. So I've got my uh, my cheese board. Here. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, yeah. I, pre- I came prepared, guys. That looks heavy. So yeah, it's heavy, right? Um, well done. Like you can see, like once you get it on board like that, how how aggressive the rear foot rocker is. So the contact point mm. is towards the midfoot, actually. Um, yep. So anyone that likes feeling foam under the heel, I don't think mm. will enjoy this. Um, whether people actually know they like foam under the heel or not, I think it's another question. Um, yep. I know that I like it. Um, when I tried on, I mean, I've only walked in it, so I've really got no idea how it rides running. But I've I've tried enough shoes on just walking in them to to know that. To me, it's just going to feel like um, um, it's missing, like part of the shoe. Like it's just, it hasn't got much foam um, directly underneath my heel. heel, Can't you? Like if you do hit the heel, it just you can sit back on it further. It to me, it just feels like my transition to the forefoot's a bit slower. So whereas I think for some people, it's almost the opposite. So I think it's just one of those features that will will suit some some people's mechanics and others not. Um, I've got a history of Achilles issues, obviously, as well. So, um, like, for me, it, it it kind of feels like it loads through the Achilles a little bit more. Um, but I can see that design feature, like, globally, like, in terms of um, the average injury rates and, and the, the location of these injury rates, it would be helpful for, like, the common ones, which would be, like, anterior knee pain. So, mm-hmm. so runners that, that are getting, mm-hmm. like, anterior knee pain, like kneecap pain, that design feature, I think, probably would be helpful because mm. it may um, prevent so much overstriding or um, hitting the hard so heel, uh, hitting the the heel so hard, because um, it's, it's almost counterintuitive. Like there's there's less foam, so you'd think it'd be a harder impact, but it actually helps with that transition from heel to forefoot for people that I think land a little bit further out, a little bit hard on the heel. It might um, lessen that impact by having the rocker design at the heel. Um, for me, Sorry, it doesn't Trump. work. Just, like, just just want to cut in. Are you suggesting that it helps people land further under their center of gravity, or are you saying something happens after they land that changes how um, 
how they load their how their knees and and up up the chain is loaded. Probably a bit. Of, it could be a bit of both, to be honest. Um, it 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 could have that that um, the it could actually have the the effect that it actually changes the contact point. So mm. um, the initial contact might actually be a bit closer because the phone's not there. So someone that's would normally be contacting a little bit more in front because the foam is thicker at the rear foot. If they're a heel striker, I'm um, talking about it, it wouldn't make a difference if they're foot my, or midfoot striking. But My guess is that if, if, someone you, really, yeah. if someone really dorsiflexed, if someone enters into the ground and they're super dorsiflexed, they may actually fall further back towards the rear foot because they are they're actually hitting further back towards the angulation. If they're close to like hitting the rear foot to midfoot, maybe the shoe geometry might actually transition them quicker to the midfoot. So I think it depends on the severity of how someone enters into the ground. Like if someone enters in really rear foot, I'd argue this would almost sort of highlight that a touch more. But if someone's close to the midfoot, maybe it does assist them for a bit of anterior offloading. So tricky one would be interesting to look at. Yeah, almost. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I see it. Like the 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 further back the heel is, the more squared off, squared off it is, the more anterior loads there are, and then the more rounded, the more rear foot rocker. The shoe, the less the anterior loads. Like, and I'm talking about like anterior yeah. shin splints. So it's like the less yeah. common shin splints. It's like it's more at the front anterior side, not the medial shin splints. But if you hit the rear rocker like and you're quite dorsiflex, you know, you have to sort of transition over the actual rocker. So you'd almost say that you'd stay on the rear foot for a longer period of time to transition off the rocker if you hit it really, really far distally. If you hit the swallow point and then you transition off the curve, you have to sort of go over the curve. That would take a bit longer, I would have thought. Unless you're assuming that the geometry of just having the rear foot rocker there means you won't hit that zone. But if someone is able to hit that zone, surely the time to transition across the curve would be longer than across a flat surface. I don't know. We're going to test this out, mate. Let's get uh, yeah. let's get some uh, get some of your run scribe pods on and uh, yeah. Do Why don't rear foot strike? So I just it doesn't like I think this shoe is rubbish <laughs> for hitting the midfoot. So I've touched <laughs> so I'm not quite sure. But maybe you're right. Maybe maybe because it just speeds the pro and the foam's firmer as well. So your theory might be right. It might actually get you to the forefoot a bit quicker. So it might offload the anterior loading. Very good, Nita. You've got some more protos, apparently. Uh, well, they're not prototypes. I think they are they on they're not on the market yet. No, um, mate, everything's so late. These are these actually got pushed back, I reckon, till um second half of the year. So yeah. you allowed well, to talk I about mean, this? I, I'm assuming so. Like if if uh, Jace from ASIC sent me this one, and I'm assuming we'll be able to chat about it because um, other people have I've seen other people wearing the shoe, so um, we've obviously received it similar a similar pathway. But this is the Glide Ride Three, and you can see um, the biggest changes from the second Glide Ride. If you've seen it, it has that traditional really aggressive forefoot rocker with uh, no rear foot rocker to it as well. Um, it's the, the difference is it is quite compliant, so I can flex the forefoot with ease. You know the original. Second model, even the first model, flexing the forefoot was quite a task to be able to do. And they've infused the um, the most superficial, the most dorsal top of the uh, midsole with the FF Blast. And it makes it feel, on first feel, much softer. And the probably the change, which is probably probably will sell a bit more, it like looks better as well as just the, the knitted upper through here. They've, they've really nailed the first feel in terms of the upper and it is aesthetically pleasing. I think the Glide Ride makes a pretty nice looking shoe. So I think they'll sell well in the males and the females. But in terms of its function, the fit of the upper is a little bit smaller. Um, this is not a two-way width. It's just just small. So compared to the the, the same uh, version I had for the second iteration, 
I had a bit more space at the edge of the toe. Whether they've just decreased the amount of volume of the upper because it's knitted, I'm not 100% sure, but because it's knitted, I expect it to um, to probably become more voluminous as I wear it a bit more as well. But um, the difference between this and the second iteration is that you can feel the rocker a bit less because you feel how plush um, the shoe is superficially when you hit the ground. Um, this is a shoe that feels 20% softer than the second one um, that came out. So I reckon you'll sell more Julian because it would feel better. Um, but Tom, you know, as a prescription shoe for like big toe away and sesamoiditis, it's, it's a funny story. You know, Clarky got a pair of these and because they're so soft in the forefoot, it almost flared up his sesamoid a little bit. He's got quite a cavus or high arch foot type. And so it almost like heated up his sesamoid a little bit as well. So, and I find that, you know, that happened a little bit with the 28th version of the Kayana. It was much softer in the forefoot. Um, so I'm interested to see what you guys think about it. Like, I think it will sell easier for the general population, but in terms of a prescription shoe for like osteoarthritis, which I view this shoe as a clinician, um, I think it probably doesn't play quite as good a role. And, and you can probably correct me if I'm wrong here, Julian, but there's not many shoes in that line. So the, historically the Bondi, the New Balance more that were always very stiff, they're all becoming a bit softer and a bit more for, uh, the general daily mileage running shoe now compared to what they used to be, maybe because it's easier to sell. Yeah, for sure. The more, especially going to the version three, become much more runnable, really enjoyable shoe, but too much flex in it for that particular um, uh, unloading. Um, yep. The Bondi, the next version of the Bondi gets a lot softer, a lot more flexible. Um, so, yeah, maybe not that, maybe not that referral shoe as much as it was in the past. Um, mm. I want, and so Nita. As a retailer, if you're gonna, if we have to start ruling out shoes like this, um, it's it, it might come back to you guys having to be more flexible mm. in in your recommendations because really there there might not be that many shoes out there. The Glide Ride Three might still be the best option in that in that space. I, I get the one I, thing I'd say is you know treating things like midfoot arthritis and and big toe arthritis like these are like sagittal plane that the, the, the like the the pain sort of is like provoked by moving in a straight line and these shoes are just so good at promoting people to move in a straight line and reduce the loading at those areas I, i'd almost say the last three to four years probably you agree tom that like you can grab someone with these types of pathologies or pain associated to it put them in this shoe without any orthomechanical therapy to it and get a pretty good positive outcome um or at least run more steps without less pain Whereas historically, we used to sort of manipulate the things inside the shoe a lot more to try and stiffen it up, to try and actually create an environment, to try and reduce loading on those sites. So, which is usually a more expensive process, like orthotic therapy for the consumer is more expensive than buying a glide ride. So, whether or not all these shoes become a lot more flexible and compliant, and people start and practitioners need to start reinforcing the shoe a touch more because, I mean, there aren't many options left. We've had this discussion a few times, like the, uh, the Hoka Stinson definitely one of them uh the clifton and the bondi become flexible relatively quick i'd argue within 50 to 100 k's yeah. uh the glide ride definitely on the market i thought was the stiffest after the the new balance more one and the two and three versions of that became much more flexible as well so it's uh this is where the um the the plated line probably comes in right hocker x line so you've got the bondi absolutely. x now and the carbon x i think those two but then there's cash there's the cash there as well isn't there to. like a bit more pricey as well <laughs> have you guys uh, we, yeah. we've often had customers come in who bring in their own carbon plate <laughs> in, and and put it so their own like yeah. little 
sheet of carbon shaped mm. to a shoe and they put it under. Are they the really? Inside. Yeah. Yeah. And how and many? Was, how many have you had doing that? Of over the course of since I've worked, probably I've probably seen thirty of them. So not really? that many, maybe a couple of year. That's mate, a lot. You should see you, you should see the Instagram of Ballarat Podiatry over there, mate. <laughs> oh, not really? Hey, hold up. um here we go no but so tell me about the difference between having a plate in a shoe and putting a plate underneath a device or under an insult yeah why what is it tell us tommy because the plate the plate by itself is just one part of the of how the shoe with a plate works so i think um it's not as simple like we know that it's not as simple as putting a carbon plate in because carbon plates have been put in shoes for a very long time so it's to do with the geometry of the shoe in combination with the plate. So if you put, I think if someone's just putting plates in different shoes, that's risky because if you're putting a, a plate in a in a shoe that's pretty normal standard geometry that doesn't have the rocker design, not high stack, it's it it could it changes the loading dramatically. Not not to say it's yeah. going to cause an injury, but it could increase. It will change loading quite dramatically. Whereas if you put a plate in a very sort of high stack. Um, so if someone put a plate in a hocker, uh, so yeah, like a hocker Clifton, that might mm. be a bit safer than putting it into, I don't know, a, an Asics Nimbus. Um, I think I think we definitely see things like you know, I think having a stiff like plate within the midsole of a shoe, it superficially feels much more comfortable when it's like part of the midsole, right? So when you stick a plate beneath beneath the sock liner, which I'm assuming that's what they do when they go into store, mm-hmm. Julian, um, you often find people have like this. You know, depending on how curved the plate is, and that's the biggest issue, you're trying to curve the plate to relative to trying to, you know, maybe toe someone a bit earlier or decrease stiffness in the midfoot, uh, increase stiffness in the midfoot. But people strategize a way around that. So you see often people have this like abductory twist where they don't walk through the big toe because the plate's so stiff and they'll, they'll float around it. So you'll start to see a lot more like transverse plane conversation up the chain. And um, it's because they can't move over the plate because it's too stiff for them to do that. So... There might I can think of a couple of scenarios where the plate might be really useful, but it's quite an aggressive thing to do superficially on the foot without manipulating it to the geometry they need. And just sticking that into any shoe, especially like a traditional shoe, like sticking into a gel cumulus, for example, I think the plate's effect is massive and the shoe's effect is quite minimal. And then sticking into a high stack shoe is a different outcome again. So mm. And then it would depend how thick the plate is. If it's a if it's like a there's some there's some like I've seen like marketing for you've seen those victory carbon. Insoles, mm. yeah. The ones they, spring, they put a yeah, that one, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. flexible, aren't they? The, the, that is an insult. American that is a big wall. Yeah, that. I mean, I haven't had one in my hand, but the feeling I've got is that it's it's almost like a bit of a placebo. Like I think it's very flexible. It doesn't it's act probably like, like a, a super feature. It's probably not plate. far off a polypropylene type plate, I'd say. So, yeah. But I, I think that's, Julian yeah. might be talking about you know the spring plates you see. I think they're called spring plates. They're like a carbon plate you buy from yeah. you know like whether it's an engineering factory or perhaps maybe a, a medical company, for example, which people sort of prescribe to try and treat hallux limitus or like osteoarthritis of the big toe or yeah, things like yeah. that as well. They're like yeah. a thin little carbon, like a, like a, almost like the the shape of an inner mm. sole, but a bit thinner, and yeah, yeah. Um, they run the length of the shoe and. They look horrible and they, like, honestly, most people hate them. <laughs> like, most of the, the customers hate them and, and whinge about them. Uh, Are they using sorry. it for a performance reason? Is it is no. it a performance <laughs> reason they're using it or is it is it is it injury? It's a medical reason. 
I had a patient come through who was given a carbon plate probably only about four or five months ago. He brought it in with his Nike five, Nike free 5.0s. He was wearing <laughs> under his sock liner. So you are um, it's sort of like the compromise. But uh, I, I, I dare I say, I go back to it. If it, I mean, I don't, shoe companies probably don't listen to this podcast. I'm not sure who does. They do. If they do, I mean, there is a market for people prescribing sagittal plane stiffness in shoes to try and treat pain. And for the consumer, you know, is I've I've arguably seen it rejuvenate running careers. You know, people with arthritis in their you know late forties onwards, and and it makes us as practitioners look good, and it develops a relationship between a, uh, a special retail outlet plus plus the practitioner without as much you know uh, cost in the middle. So th- when that starts to disappear, you know, you start gravitating back to you know more cost to try and reinforce the shoe because that customized stuff inside the shoe is expensive and. You know, it's probably not good for my business as such, but doing less of it ends up being easier for me and better for Julian. But that's that's the way it should be. These shoes are coming, though. They're just coming from different areas. So coming up uh, back half of the year, you're going to see the Saucony Endorphin shift. It's going to actually turn into a glide ride, basically. Yep. It's going to be super rigid and it's going to fill that gap. Uh, I don't know this, might- though, Julian. Like the, the reps don't come to South Australia anymore. I don't know what's going on. Well, the reps, the rep, no one comes anywhere because of COVID. Yeah. So the, the reps aren't coming to stores either, but we might see one every now and then or we might do a yeah. Zoom with them. And so the endorphin shift next year turns into a real um, uh, referral shoe. Not that anyone will know what it is and refer for it, but if someone comes in the store, we'll use it as that. And then there's also a shoe from Solomon coming called the Glide Max. Yep. And, and that's a... Pretty much the same thing. High stack, yep. very stiff, rocket shoe. And it's it's designed for the, the road, but you can also – it's kind of like a Stinson ATR. It's a bit of an ATR-type shoe, all-terrain. Yep. Um, yep, that's so, good. So, so we're going to get that's some good. We're going to get some action. It just might not yep. be from the hocker range. Like, um, and my big question trend. to you – my big question to you is, will you get, like, much stock of it? Yes, well, I'm going for yep. it because I can yep. – I see the value in it mm. uh, because, because of these reasons. And now if – so a lot of the time, the, the, I'd say probably the biggest referral shoe used to be the Brooks Diet because yep. of the width, because yep. of the rigidity, because of how stable and firm it was. Yeah. But that's a pretty flat shoe and without mm. a rocker in it, how much is it actually unloading that, um, that first met joint as much as we wanted to or the Achilles or the calf or the planter? So, so that's that's my point though. Like we used to use that shoe a lot with like traditional orthotic therapy or conservative mm-hmm. off-the-shelf orthotic therapy, but some of these other shoes we've been able to use without doing anything like that at all. So because um, there was yeah. no rocker, there was no sagittal plane assistance in the in the dyad really, and I don't think there still is. To be honest, I think it's still the same sort of heavy, very stiff, rigid stable. shoe. It's mm, very right. good for someone who's unstable on their feet, but mm. that market's getting smaller and. Um, the the rocker has changed the game. It's really changed the industry because mm. even we're seeing it come through the jogging shoes. If I put a shoe on now that doesn't have like a moderate to high rocker, I feel like it lacks a little bit of excitement. It feels <laughs> feels a little dead to me. Like mm. I want to, I want some love under my forefoot when I'm towing off. Uh, and you you look at our shoe wall, and you're seeing this, you're seeing this shape mm. in nearly all the shoes and. They're the ones that are selling well too because they feel yep. good to run in. Yep. Good. I mean, besides that, like I've been wearing the Kiwana. I had a race on the track the other night. For the first time, I went out the Dragonfly. I got rid of it because it was – I feel like I'm bottoming that shoe out. I don't, 
Uh, it's uh, a spike. Of course you bottom it out. Fucking hell. Yeah, but like, you know, everyone talks about it being a bit of a, in the super shoe category and I just feel like it's no different to a traditional victory to me, just a bit superficially softer. But when it's I start running, different. it feels the damn same. It's very so, different, mate. Yeah, I know. But I just like I'm hitting one small piece of the forefoot and it's yeah, just Yeah, you got like, unique there, right? mechanics. you got unique mechanics. That's, so that's I put your, the pods on. I put the pods on the other night uh, off the Air Victory. It's the first time I've run a race in it and it definitely suited the mechanics more. It got more response from the shoe. Felt better the next day in the carbs, to be honest, than I did in the Dragonfly. Um, put a heel pitch in it. Unfortunately, the upper of the shoe doesn't. It's not like um, it's a bit counterintuitive to put a heel pitch into that upper because it's pretty flimsy. So, um, yeah, but it went really, really well. So, in terms of like a, a middle distance shoe, someone who's really four forty, I think the Air Victory, similar to the Max Fly, would be probably a better option for guys running fifteen hundred and below if they really like it. So, the Max Fly. Yeah, well, the Max Fly is the same shoe. It's just the plate goes further back to the rear foot. Is the sprinter coming out in him? Well, we I've worn it. They feel, they the feel almost identical. The upper's no. better as well. Now, nah, very similar, mate. I've seen enough half milers wear the Max Fly now. So, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Some, not everyone lands on their toes like you do. Yeah, but a lot do. So it's just a suggestion, you know. It's, it's there. As <laughs> I know. You've seen that ten k study they did where they looked at the foot strikes. Yeah, yeah. And there's guys very in the front. Similar. You know, Galen Rupp still wears the uh, the Victory, I think, for long events. So. And not that he runs the track anymore. And um, the only other shoe that I've got recently is Zara's out of the Adipass now. So my daughter has got this little Nike Free oh, yeah. from um, from the running company at Adelaide. And uh, Chicken sorted her out with these. And I tell you what, this anatomical fit's still good. Mm. I know some podiatrists hate putting kids into shoes. But that's anatomical fit. It's a low-pitch shoe. I don't know what the stack is. She's sort of sitting in the a shoe. It's pitch. just a sock liner. It's, low, <laughs> it's got to be no pitch, doesn't it? It's, it's like eight centimetres long. No, no, uh, the pitch of it. Like the I rear, know, but it's eight centimetres yeah. long. No one's going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not going to yeah. give you... <laughs> anyway, one thing I was noticing, because she can, like, in our little Adipas, she can't hit the ground very hard, but the fact of having more foam beneath her foot, she can slam her body into the ground with these shoes because she just... Because she can. It's so, It's great. That's it. So distributing the load through those lower legs, so building up some strength. She's building, um, her up the, uh, building her up for the uh, Alpha Fly version 10. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you've seen her at sports, so I think um, these are more for aesthetic. They're not really good for athletics at the moment, so she's no good at that yet. But <laughs> she'll get there. She'll get she'll there. She'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for me. That's, that's all I've really worn. I've been rotating about eighty k's a week, rotating between some high stackers. I think I'll use this a lot. I think I'll use the Kawana for maybe forty, fifty percent of my weekly load. I reckon. Yeah, I'll bang it. Did we, we talk about the? Um, did we talk about the? Uh, Julian probably doesn't want to because he doesn't sell it. But the um, the Takumi Takumi Sen Eight. No, it's been a flop, mate. Big flop. Uh, I mean, I've I've done two workouts in it, and uh, one was on the track, and uh, the workout was quite long, and I found out, you know pulled up with traditional calf soreness, like DOMS, like I normally would. And when I did a workout on the the grass track, so like reps of one k's and four hundreds, like a blended session. I loved it on the grass. I thought it was like one of the, the best racing flats I've worn on grass for what for its the purpose. It felt better at shorter paces, so 400s, like 62, 64 seconds. Um, like I could turn my legs over quicker, but I just like I'm a bit soft. Like I wear a lot of like, you know, high stack shoes. And so when I wore it on the track, I found the next day I was pretty cooked in the calves and probably for three days I was as well. So um, yeah. would I choose it over a Adios Pro? Um, probably not. Yeah, I can only I pass that. on the feedback of uh, Toby, who works in the store, who has both shoes, <clears throat> and he um, he doesn't wear it very often because he doesn't quite find the 
the point of it really like i know i know the purpose of it was to to be a more firm lower stack flat more responsive than a super shoe it's not legal on the track so it's not like yeah. you can't really put wear it there you're not going to wear it in cross country because it doesn't um suit that so he's finding it hard to find a home for it because he would just wear a vaporfly or a um adios pro over the top of it and um i've kind of get a feeling that the streak fly is going to be a similar type flop tom um with oh, a lot of hype there's a lot of don't hype around this streak fly and i know like there's still there's still a market for traditional flats but i just i just can't see someone gravitating towards it over the vapor fly uh when they don't have to so i still see the 10k race being um like wearing a, a vapor fly much more beneficial to their running to their running economy and um they're yeah. going to get better if i from that. if i was to do a 5k road race i'd still mm. wear next percent over the the takumi sen yeah um yeah yeah, I get that. I just it's just interesting. Yeah, it'd just be interesting to see what happens uh, moving it's all, forward. It's with all that some of the other. Models, it goes back to that stuff. little debate where you know whether you know whether training in all these super shoes, for example, maybe at a younger age, maybe the more quality running, are you losing a few of those developmental stiffness properties by not exposing yourself to the to the traditional flat and making the tendon itself stiffer? Because when you're in these compliant shoes. You know, maybe the workouts are easier. Maybe you can do them faster. Maybe you can do them better. But maybe the long-term setting is maybe wearing a traditional shoe every now and then means you'll get more back from the super shoe when you get a bit more experience as Michael, well. So this shoe's thirty-three millimeters high. <laughs> I know it feels hell of a lot firmer than the the um the other yeah. like just three, just just six millimeters up, and you think it shouldn't be a massive difference, but it feels dramatically different. So it does feel different. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I actually I think, agree with yeah. you. I agree with you with if we talked about traditional flats like a waffle or yep. an, an old um, Type A from Saucony, uh, Nike Streak, LT, those those shoes. I still think there's a market there for that. Uh, yeah, I, I think you. But I don't think those shoes are dramatically different from the Takumi Sen. I think the feel of them aren't that much dramatically different. And um, you know, I guess that goes to show you should have those traditional shoes as an option because they are not much different. If put a, when, when did you put a streak LT on last? No, nah, I actually wore a, a pair of traditional air, no, traditional victories on the track the other day, just like the re- original running spike, right? And my calves were burning after that. But it, like, I'm wearing a hyperspeed. Like, I've got a hyperspeed still in the box. I've done strides in a traditional Adios 4 that I still have. But even that doesn't feel much strides different. Don't count. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but what else do you wear those shoes for? If you're doing a long workout, you put more shoe on, don't you? I'm sure Toby's training for a marathon historically. He probably wore, you know, shoes for a marathon workout. If he did track workouts, you know, maybe Takumi Sen. Tell Toby to be careful with his high stackers. All right, I've <laughs> I've told him this. He's got oh, perineal. He's got perineal. He's got perineal issues. He's going to be. Oh, he's mate, going to don't, those don't, Takumi, don't those the Takumi Sen eights a bit more. The Adios yeah. Pro Two so inverted. If you want to cause a perineal issue, that's what you do. Put that yeah. shoe on. It's it's a run crew thing. <laughs> um, Julian, I actually do have a question for you. Um, I've moved my backyard to Bel Air National Park now. I don't own any trail shoes. Um, is it worth getting a trail shoe? Are you running on trails or dirt roads? Uh, trails and dirt roads. In winter, I think you're going to appreciate a trail shoe more than summer. All so, right, give me your three top 
top three trail shoes on the market right now? Right now? Yeah. Uh, okay. Saucony Ultra Glide. So it's Saucony's newest shoe. It's softer than a lot of others. Saucony have always put out really hard, firm shoes. And they had this sort of theory that the more experienced or um, the faster you were of a runner that you wanted a harder shoe and you wanted mm-hmm. less cushioning. And it never made sense to me. It's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> what good what good runners are you asking that want less cushioning? They're running 100 miles a week. Give them more cushioning. They're, they're getting sore. They got – anyway. Um, never, like I used to get in arguments all the time around this because they would come out and they'd say, oh, this is the pro model from this guy and he he's a fast runner so it'll suit him. And like, <laughs> no, this, 100 miles a week in this shoe, he won't do 20 miles a week in this shoe. It's too mm. firm. So yep. they've, they're sort of coming around to it and they've found this, ult, this um, ultra glide which is soft and it's pretty uh, poppy and pretty fun shoe. It's going to be a um, – well, it's a bit narrow still but – uh, that's Solomon for you. Mm. So yeah, that's the Ultra Glide. Um, I mean, the Trail More Nida, the Trail More is mm. very fun. It's a big stack shoe. It's got a Vibram outer sole, pretty loved. Um, it's, is that uh, softer? Is that softer than the Kawana? Oh, way softer. Yeah, okay. Yep. Way softer. Um, mm. It's not a shoe to go quick in. It's yep. a shoe to go slow in. It's to do doubles in. Yep. Um, I know like Ali, New Balance Athlete, spends a shitload of time running mm. around areas inlet in it. Um, yep. Bree loves it. I've worn it around. The only thing is, again, downside, the toe protector on it, so the toe cat, they're made of a super hard material <laughs> that destroys your toe. So all three of us have toe-related irritations because of the mm. toe cat. So um, trail shoes, they, I think they overthink it and they yep. put things on them that, that create problems like this. Uh, the third, oh, I mean, oh, what, what am I, what's good right now? The Mafate Speed from Hocker. So Hocker's got a couple of trail. Oh, actually, all right, I'm going to get you with this one. The Ultra Mont Blanc. It's about to come out. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's their plated fast shoe. It uses their fast foam. Um, it's designed for someone um, who wants a lighter weight trail shoe, but it wants almost a super shoe feel on the trail. So no, that's, that's good. I've got to speak to the ultra guy this week. This is yeah. ultra, ultra. Yeah. Oh, need ultra. A, it needs okay. a heel raise though, no doubt. Zero drop, but it's not. So ultra now are doing multiple widths in their shoes. Oh, well, they're not multiple widths, but they've got different shapes. So they've got the traditional shape, which you'll find in a lone peak, which is that very yeah. anatomical toe box. But then they have like a more standard fit as well. And this Mont Blanc is on the more standard side. So it, it won't make ult, traditional ultra wearers like fall in love with it because of yep. the shape, but it, it'll suit the, the mass market. And it's expensive. I think it's going to be like 350 Yeah. Uh, but it looks, yeah, that's what I'm going to get. That's going to be my trash. stock it? Yeah, well, so what are they? small, small range are because it's so good? expensive. Yeah, so this new one they've got is good, very good. Mm. Like, okay. Ultra has progressed massively. It's like they had this massive cash injection after selling to um, one of the big corporations. Mm. And they went from a small brand that used to make pretty average shoes with a good concept to a good concept with big financial backing and capital. And so their uppers are as good as they come. And their foams now feel amazing underfoot. We're doing really well with Ultra because mm. – um, because their shoes feel premium. 
and and we're starting to see super shoes come. They sponsor that um, Frank Lana, the marathon runner, Lara Lana, yeah, um, from Roots Running, and and he's uh, I don't think he's is he going under two ten? Did he go under two ten at that marathon project? Oh, he paced it. He paced it. Um, but yeah, they're bringing out a super shoe, so they're bringing out a um, a plated super shoe with magic mm. foam. Magic foam's the key, and they're going to use that in this shoe as well. I think. Nice, very cool. Mm-hmm. Good tips. So, Tom, what's next for you, mate? How long you got left in the boot, and uh, what's the plan now? What are you doing with your life? Um, I've probably got three weeks in the boot still. Yep. Then it's like it's probably going to be two weeks of just walking around, getting. Mm-hmm getting uh, things moving again out of the boot, and then I'll, I'll start a bit of a back-to-run. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't expect... To, what are you looking what? forward to running in? Uh, good question. Um, I don't even know. I, I'm going to have to get into something, like, pretty pretty stable and boring, aren't I? I'm going to get into, <laughs> like... Um, Brooks Ghost, baby. Brooks Ghost. Yeah, Mate, no, Ghost, no, yeah. no more Reebok, no more Reebok, low profile. Low you still got those adrenalines. I don't have adrenalines. No, nah, oh, he got, got, got the Aurora. You got, you got the adrenaline. Oh, got you, the Aurora. Oh, oh yeah, the Aurora. The, the Aurora is what mate, I was in I've, the Aurora when my foot got run over. Yeah, and you know what? I've lost one of my Auroras, mate. Like I've got the left one, but the right oh, one no. is somewhere gone. So, so the Kawana's <laughs> come just in time because I cannot find it. Yeah, and one of my favorite shoes. Absolutely. Seriously, good shoe. But that's, um, it must be time. Like, Brooks must be coming out with their glycerin soon with the yeah, uh, it's glycerin all delayed. With foam. Bitter. It's oh. delayed. It's still, everything's late. This stuff's been pushed back. I'm, I was telling you. I was telling you all. No one listened to me. Now you're all wondering uh, where they are. You forgot. Short when, memory. When's the streak fly? When's the streak fly coming? Let's go back to the, the streak fly. When, <laughs> when you get March, April. I'm not yep. giving an exact date because it'll just show up one day and all of a sudden we got it. But that'll be a fun day in store. That will be. Most anticipated shoe for a very long time, the streak fly. Tommy, you're a long way so, away from the streak fly with that metatarsal fracture. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so sad. I was just saying the other day, like, how far away I am from the uh, the victory cross-country spike that I, that I love. Oh, yeah. Like barefoot with a, bit of, with a few mil of cushion. Um, what, what races? What, you, what do you guys got coming up? Are you, are you guys seriously doing the um, the whatever it is that mm. stupid pro race? Uh, apparently, <laughs> shit. Uh, I'll up. probably do. I've done the herb a couple of times. All right, I'll, I'll probably do it again this year. I think. What's yep. the best you finished there, Nita? I don't know. I podiumed on the, the shorter events, the five fifty and the eight hundred, but never in the mile. So five fifty, Tom. <laughs> the five fifty, <laughs> mate. What the fuck is that? That's mate. not a race. Imagine how much more enjoyable finishing a race in just over a minute is. It's, it's really enjoyable. It's running around the car park. you got to do a lap and then you run around the car park. <laughs> oh, Julian, I hope they give me a five metre, like just your five metres in front of me for the mile and that would just be ideal. <laughs> I'll be aerobic beast by then. Yeah, well, you've got a couple of weeks still then as well. Now I've got the state champs tomorrow night for the 1500. and uh, Yeah, tomorrow night for 1500. And, Masters uh, or open? Nah, I, I entered open like I did for the 3K, Julie. But if they put me in, I think I'll just sneak into the A race after riding under four the other night. And then I'm going to run the 800 the day after. But that will be the old boys race because you have to break probably 154 to make the open final here. Mm. My mm. prediction, Nita, two weeks from now, announces a new retirement, Tom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Blown Achilles, yeah. retirement. Oh, I'm just going to No, nah, mate, around. I've got the air victories with the heel raise in. They offload my calves. <laughs> we will right. see. Yeah. We will see. The shoe I needed when I was 20. You don't. You, right. when, when the kids come in and buy shoes from your shop, Joel, and you can tell them when they pick up a pair of dragonflies, they don't know how lucky they are. Mate, if I had dragonflies in my store, I wish. <laughs> I think there's some here. They must be not selling them as, as much here in Adelaide. Must be good track running going on in Victoria. Ballarat, home a distance. True. Yep. We need to have a education uh, weekend slash running weekend that's uh, in Ballarat one weekend. We have to organise that, Tommy. Let's tee it up. Let's tee it up. Yeah. I'm keen. There's not enough I'm education keen. in running footwear that uh, that's that's not old fashioned anymore. So we need to we need to bring it to the fore. Bring the worlds together, podiatry and retail. Mm. There's a business plan right here. Talk it is. Yep. Oh, it's good to chat, guys. Um, and we'll we'll chat next week. I'm sorry to the uh, the listeners for waiting so long. We tried to get a guest. Well, actually, I tried to get a guest from the US, but the time was just too awkward. We still can't get him in terms of trying to get all three of us together because. We all own businesses and we all have family, so it's just tough to get together. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe next time. It up anyway. That's all right. Next one. All right. See you, fellas. See you later, right, guys. guys. Doesn't matter if it